ഫുഹു <tos> we covered the migration of sayyidina umar ibn al-khattab radiyallahu ta'ala an scholars have mentioned that there is a lot to learn in the migration of sayyidina umar ibn al-khattab radiyallahu ta'ala an the man who accompanied him ayash how he was tricked by abu jahl even after entering the vicinity of Madinatul Munawwara Abu Jahl came tricked him and forced him to return back to the city of Makkah thinking that i have blood ties with the people of Makkah these are my brothers my folks my family members he fell into the trap laid by Abu Jahl halfway before getting to Makkatul Mukarramah he was taken as a hostage and a lot of pain was given to him so much pain was given to him he was tortured eventually he couldn't bear it and he became murtad apostated turned away from the deen of Islam we have to learn from sayyidina umar ibn al-khattab he was known as al-farooq incredible man as muslims we have to be very very vigilant all it takes is a few nationalistic songs or some fabricated stories from the past and that is enough to erupt a civil war in the community anything can happen at any time take for an example india muslims and hindus living side by side for centuries but look at the violence that are sparked of recently what we hear human beings setting human beings and killing them alive killing them subhanallah in a way that we would not even want to torture animals or anything of the sort burning them alive wala hawla wala quwwata illa billahil aliyil azim 
The Quran has used one term, al-mala. That corruption comes from the top. And so you can't trust no one. You can only trust that individual who has taqwa inside him, who is a muttaqi. That person can be someone who you can trust. لا يأكل تعامك إلا تقي رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم says even if you were to invite someone for dinner, make sure he is muttaqi. Taqwa is the foundation. Taqwa is the essence of human being. So if you have iman and taqwa, alhamdulillah, that is a great blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is why when we look at the pattern of the Madani surahs, the chapters revealed after the hijrah in Medina Munawwara, you find this unique pattern where Allah says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, O believers, ittaqullah, ittaqullah, ittaqullah. Make sure you have taqwa, make sure you have taqwa, make sure you have this uh, belief that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you all the time. Whatever you are doing, He is with you. So we have to be vigilant, we have to be extra careful. We have to follow and adopt the system of Khulafai Rashidin, who are Al-Faruq. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala an was a man of great basira. One is basarat and one is basirat. Basarat is what you see. Basirat is to see something that is connected with the heart. To see with your heart and to see with your eyes. Two different things. So we have to be people of basira. And this was the great trait and quality of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an. He was a man who could foresee things. He didn't plan for one year or two years. He laid the foundation for 50 years. Subhanallah. That is why he's a magical man. Incredible man. What he touched (coughs) turned into gold. What great man. What a great Khalifa he was. Very far-sighted. Far-sighted. Everything what he did was for the sake of Allah subhanallah even when we entered Jerusalem just one example coming to the mind when the bishop of Jerusalem said to Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala that you are here in the church then if it is time for your salah then pray on one side of the church and what did he say he said that if Umar ibn al-Khattab performs his two rakats in this church, later on, maybe in the future, Muslims might want to own this building and they might say that this is a masjid. Why has Umar performed two rakats there? This is the hikmah, this is the wisdom. Everything was for the sake of Allah. And he said, no, this is not a masjid. I won't perform my salah here. Many a times he would say something and it would be revelation revealing to Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Every word of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab many a times Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would confirm that. And the opinion of Umar radiallahu ta'ala an was accepted. Once he said to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam 
would be nice if we made Maqam Ibrahim the standing of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam where he stood. It would be it would be nice if we make that into a, a, a place of salah where we, we can pray nawafil. Straight away revelation came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and this ayah was revealed. Wattakhidu min maqam Ibrahim Musalla and say it O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam to your ummah that they should read two rakats behind the maqam of Ibrahim alayhi salam. That is why when we perform Umrah and Hajj, when we read uh, the two rakats after Tawaf, which is wajib, it is preferable that you read behind the maqam. Why this is the order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran. Allah says, وَاتَّخِذُوا مِن مَقَامِ إِبْرَاهِيمُ This was just a mashwara, an opinion of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted that. Many a times, whatever he said, Quran was revealed in agreement to Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. Once he said to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, O Messenger of Allah, it would be better if you command your wives, Azwaji Mutaharat, that when they speak to people, they should cover their faces. They should adopt hijab. Why? Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala gave his reason that a lot of people come to inquire about you. And if you are not there, you have people who are pious and some are fasiq fusaq. You had the munafiqeen in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam also. And they also come and visit the house of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So it would be better if the azwaj wore the jilbab, the parda, hijab. This was just an opinion of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed one entire verse. What is known as Ayatul Hijab, Suratul Ahzab, verse 59. Ayatul Hijab. A lot of the women say that, where is it in the Quran? Where is it in the Quran that women have to cover their face or women have to wear the traditional abaya that they wear? Where is it in the Quran? Quran don't speak about the dress code for women. Subhanallah, it is shocking. Open up Suratul Ahzab, just one verse explicitly talks about the dress code for the mothers and sisters. Yusuf Islam says that he can't find one verse in the Quran which says that music is haram. Shocking. Yusuf Islam can't find one verse of the Quran which talks about music being haram. Somebody should give Mufti Shafi of Pakistan, a great scholar, a book which he has written in Urdu to Yusuf Islam as a gift, which is titled as Islam or Musiqi. Islam or Musiqi. Where Mufti Saab has covered all the verses of the Quran, 
all the ahadith of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, all the fatawa of the scholars, whatever the muhaddisin have said, subhanallah in a book form, give it to him. This is the shaitan, my respected brothers. You'd rather say one thing that is haram. Music has this power. It's like a drug. Once you take it, it's an addiction. It has this power to control. Power to control. And if you cross the borderline, that is it, my respected brothers. So one is to admit and say, Allah give us hidayat. But one is to say, where is it in the Qur'an? Or for the mothers and sisters to say, where is it in the Qur'an? Hijab. Explicitly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, a command directly given to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya ayyuhan Nabi, O Nabi, O my Prophet, O my Messenger, Qul sayit li azwajika, to your wives, وَبَنَاتِكَ And to your daughters. From this verse we understand that Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam had many daughters. Because banat is the plural of bint. So he didn't just have one daughter, Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha. He had many daughters. وَبَنَاتِكَ وَنِسَاءِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And the wives of the believers. What are they to do? يُدْنِينَ عَلَيْهِنَّ مِنْ جَلَابِيبِهِنَّ يُدْنِينَ عَلَيْهِنَّ مِنْ جَلَابِيبِهِنَّ The word here, the key word is جَلَابِيب which is the plural of جِلْبَاب What is جَلَابِيب? Allah says that when they go out then they should wear the جِلْبَاب The mothers and sisters must wear the جِلْبَاب ذَلِكَ أَدْنَىٰ أَنْ يُعْرَفْنَ فَلَا يُؤْذَيْنَ And if they wear the jilbab, it is better for them. Why? So that nobody can recognize them. ذَلِكَ أَدْنَىٰ أَنْ يُعْرَفْنَ فَلَا يُؤْذَيْنَ So that nobody can recognize them. Clearly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, the purpose, the maqsad of the dress code for mothers and sisters is so that nobody can recognize them. Nobody can recognize them. That is why some of the women who even wear hijab and where the eyes are exposed and if the eyes are decorated, should I say, uh, in such a way that it compels the gair maharim, it attracts the gair maharim to that lady then it would be haram for that lady also to put something as simple as an eyeliner. Because the maqsad is that you are not recognized. So what is the jilbab? Jilbab is, in the time of Rasulullah wasallam, it was this very long and wide shawl, shawl, that would cover them like a burqa from top to bottom. And it was one piece of garment and it would cover them in such a way that every part of the body was concealed except for the eyes. So the eyes were open but the rest was all covered. And this is only when they go out. In front of their maharim they can dress up how they want. 
obviously in accordance to the sharia that is jayz so this is the tartib allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says jalabi bihinna dhalika adna yu'rafna fala yu'zain this is very very important my respected brothers a lot of the troubles and a lot of the problems that are in the muslim society today is due to the fact that we don't practice sharia we don't follow the sunnah of nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam we have this habit of picking and choosing we have this habit of picking and choosing what is easy for us we want to adopt it's easy for us to read yasin sharif we will read yasin it's easy for us to read zuhr asr maghrib it is easy we will do that so we have this habit of picking and choosing and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says ya ayyuhalladhina amanu dkhulu fi silmi kaffa enter into islam in its entirety accept everything try your best 100% and then you will see the fruits of islam so this was the opinion of hazrat umar radiyallahu ta'ala an and the ayah was revealed ayatul hijab in the quran suratul ahzab it is said that after this revelation ayatul hijab every single sahabiyat dressed up in that manner it was difficult for anyone to recognize them subhanallah when ubay bin salul died who was the leader of all the munafiqin father was a kafir the leader of the munafiqin but allah gave hidayah to the son his name was abdullah abdullah was a faithful sahabi to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam son and father no matter what there is this biological relationship and there is this love that flows so when the father died he came to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he said ya rasulullah what hope and chance has my father got for najat for salvation we all know that he was a munafiq he was your enemy he was your arch enemy he gave trouble to the companions i feel there is some hope if you could make dua for my father if you could pray the janaza salah for my father rasul munafiqin the leader of all the munafiqin rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam looked at abdullah sahabi and said to him if you want me to read his janaza and make dua for him i will do that when huzur alayhi salatu wassalam said i will do that straight away hazrat umar radiyallahu ta'ala came running said ya rasulullah what am i hearing you agree to make dua for ubay bin salul munafiq you know he did that he did this he did that subhanallah and he counted all the bad actions of ubay rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to umar radiyallahu ta'ala an that allah has given me a choice allah has revealed to me istaghfir lahum aw la tastaghfir lahum aw muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam whether you ask for forgiveness or whether you don't ask for forgiveness in tastaghfir lahum 70 marra falan yaghfir allah lahum even if you ask 
for forgiveness. And Allah says, Sab'ina marra, 70 times, Allah will not forgive them. Subhanallah, He was Rahmatul lil alameen. He was the merciful one. He said to Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala, Allah has given me a choice. There is a possibility that if I ask for forgiveness, more than 70 times Allah will forgive him. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala said, my opinion is that, Ya Rasulullah, this is not the right thing that a Nabi's dua should be for a munafiq like him. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to Umar radiallahu ta'ala on one side. This is Sayyidina Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ab sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had seen Jannah and Jahannam. He knew exactly what Jahannam is. And we are all the children of Adam alayhi salatu was salam. This love and the quality of Rahma was the most integral part of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This was his quality. And he said to Umar radiallahu ta'ala, you go away one side. When everything was prepared, all the munafikeen were there. Abdullah came, his son, to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and said, Ya Rasulullah, my father is here. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam went in front, stood where Obey bin Salul was, lifted up his hands and made dua for him. Again, as Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was making dua, Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and comes again. And again whispers into the ears of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi Ya Rasulullah, you know he is a munafiq. Ada munafiq khalis. You know he is a munafiq, pure munafiq. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam again smiles at Umar Farooq and pushes him up. Subhanallah. This was Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. He was the mahdas of this ummah. Ab sallallahu alayhi wasallam completed his dua, straight away, revelation came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. One verse was revealed. وَلَا تُصَلِّ عَلَىٰ أَحَدٍ مِّنْهُمْ مَاتَ أَبَدًا وَلَا تَكُمْ عَلَىٰ قَبْرِهِ إِنَّهُمْ كَفَرُوا بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَمَاتُوا وَهُمْ فَاسِقُونَ O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it does not befit you that you perform salah on someone who has died in that state and that you are never to stand on the grave of a disbeliever. Why? إِنَّهُمْ كَفَرُوا بِاللَّهِ They have done kufr with Allah and His Messenger. وَمَاتُوا وَهُمْ فَاسِقُونَ And they have died in that state of kufr. After this ayat karima Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam never ever made dua or stood at the gravesite of any kafir. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala's opinion was accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is why Hazrat Mufti Shafi sahab in his Ma'ariful Qur'an has written under this ayat karima that it is not jais for a believer, a mu'min to go and participate in the burial of the disbelievers or, or to stand there. It is not jais. 
This is what Hazrat Mufti Shafi Sahib has written under this ayat karima وَلَا تُصَلِّ عَلَىٰ أَحَدٍ مِّنْهُمْ مَا تَأَبَدًا وَلَا تَكُمْ عَلَىٰ قَبْرِ إِنَّهُمْ كَفْرُوا بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَمَاتُوا وَهُمْ فَاسِقُونَ On many occasions, Battle of Badr, my respected brothers, in the year 2nd Hijri, the first battle in Islam, where Abu Sufyan was given this information, that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's intention is to loot your merchandise, your goods. He was a businessman returning from Syria. So he stopped close to Madinatul Munawwara where someone said to him, be careful, the Muslims are going to come and attack you. Now this is wrong again. A lot of Muslims also feel and they sometimes quote that Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam's intention was to loot the wealth and the goods of Abu Sufyan. This was never the intention of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But when Abu Sufyan was misinformed, he sent someone to Makkatul Mukarrama and he said to the people, he was a leader, he was the one who gave them the, the financial help they needed and the weapons were supplied by Abu Sufyan. So he said to the people that call the people of Makkah this is the right time that we fight the Muslims. They did not want the Muslims to settle in Madinatul Munawwara and to gain power and strength. So straight away, two years, second year of Hijri, this powerful army comes towards Madinatul Munawwara, 950 people. Huzur alayhi salatu was salam is also given information. The contributions of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala in the battle of Badr. Listen to this my respected brothers. Subhanallah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam prepares the mujahideen. How many in total? 313. 313 fighting how many? 950. From the 313 approximately 83 were muhajireen. And the rest were Ansar. Now, one must remember, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam's intention was not to loot the merchandise and the goods that was with Abu Sufyan. Why? Abu Sufyan only had 40 people with him. A caravan of how many people? 40. So why would Huzur alayhi salatu wasallam want to send 313 mujahideen for 40 people? Wouldn't make sense. So the maqsad was not the mal and saman of this dunya, the goods of this dunya, no. The maqsad was because the kuffar had prepared a powerful army of 950 with all the weapons. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam also gathered the mujahideen of 313. Now one thing to remember here, my respected brothers, back in Makkah, the tribe of Hazrat Umar, what is that tribe known as? The tribe of? Adi. The tribe of Adi. From, from the tribe of Adi, not a single member participated in the battle of Badr. Not a single member. Why? Because in the Muslim camp you had Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. This was the power of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. Hazrat Umar embraced Islam, though he was a Muslim, but the tribal system was such 
that because Umar radiallahu ta'ala was on one side, not a single one of them was prepared to fight with Abu Sufyan to fight the Muslims, even whilst living in Makkatul Mukarramah. This was the power of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. And 12 members of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala at that time participated in the battle of Badr. The first Sahabi to be shaheed in the battle of Badr was a Sahabi whose name was Mahja. Hazrat Mahja. And Hazrat Mahja was the slave of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. And in that battle, Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala executed his own mama, maternal uncle, Hisham bin Mughaira, his own uncle in the battle of Badr. And he said to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, there is no such thing as kith and kin when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when it comes to the Quran and the Sharia. He is my uncle but he is not on your side, ya Rasulullah. And he fought Hisham bin Mughaira and eventually killed him. Subhanallah. Fourteen were made shaheed in the battle of Badr. Seventy were killed by the Muslims. And seventy were taken as prisoners. Abu Jahl was killed in the battle of Badr. Utba was killed. Shayba was also killed in the battle of Badr. Now because it was the first time, the first jihad, the first battle... There were no laws with regards to the prisoners of war. No law. First fight, first battle, first jihad. When 70 prisoners were captured, including Hazrat Abbas, Hazrat Aqil, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam gathered all the companions and made mashwira with all the sahaba. The first opinion was taken with Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala and he said that Ya Rasulullah they are our relations it is better that we ransom them they should give us money and let them go there is a possibility maybe they will embrace Islam the minute Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq said that Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and stood up and he said Ya Rasulullah I disagree with Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq <laughs> I disagree. You see, the quality of Rahmah was inside Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, which he inherited from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And that Jalal and the sifat of Al-Faruq was in him, inherited from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And he says, I disagree. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam says, Umar, what is your opinion? He says, my opinion is, this is the first battle between the kuffar. My opinion is, Ali should stand up and he should execute his, his family member. Aqil is there, the brother of Hazrat Ali. He should execute Aqil. And Hamza, you stand up. You, you should execute um, um, Subhanallah al-Azim. Hazrat Abbas. Hazrat Abbas. Hazrat Hamza should assassinate and kill Hazrat Abbas. So each of the Mujahideen should execute their family members. Subhanallah, relatives. This was a, a great test for the companions. And then another Sahabi, Abdullah bin Rawaha, 
Sadiq Bhai is looking down, he agrees with this too, I suppose. <laughs> Abdullah bin Zawaha, radiallahu ta'ala, he stood up and he says, no, no, Ya Rasulullah, my opinion is, we should dig a trench, fill it up with wood, and throw all the kuffar inside and burn them. <laughs> this was the shura. So that anger was there. These were the people who forced the Muslims to get out of Makkah Mukarramah. They, the Muhajirin, left Makkah empty-handed, nothing. Subhanallah. They were executed and punished. So that anger was there. The first battle, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stood up. He went to his hujrah. And this was the sunnah. Huzur alayhi salatu was salam. Thought over the shura and the opinions. Came back. And he said that I accept the opinion of everyone here. Alhamdulillah, all the opinion is khair. He said, the example of Abu Bakr Siddiq is like Ibrahim alayhi salam. Ibrahim alayhi salam said, فَمَنْ تَبِعَنِي فَإِنَّهُ مِنِّي وَمَنْ عَصَانِي فَإِنَّكَ غَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ Allah who follows me is from me. And who turns away from me, Allah, you are the merciful one. And he said the example of Umar radiallahu ta'ala and he's like Nuh alayhi salam. Very jalali. Nuh alayhi salam lifted up his hands and made baddua. Qal rabbi la tazar ala al-ardi min al-kafirin adayyara. Allah don't even leave one single house of the kafir on the face of this earth. Destroy them all. Destroy them all. So he said Umar is like Nuh alayhi salam. Abu Bakr is like Ibrahim alayhi salam. My final decision is that my view is the view of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddi. Subhanallah, they are our family members. Let us take ransom so that they pay us. It will only strengthen the Muslims. And possibly when they look at the Muslims, how merciful the Muslims are, they might become Muslims. Allah will give them hidayat. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and looked down and he said, I still don't agree. Subhanallah. It is said that verses of the Quran, many ayats were revealed to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In the hadith it comes that Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala went to visit Huzur alayhi salam and the eyes of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam were filled with tears. And Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was also with Huzur alayhi salatu wa salam. Hazrat Umar Farooq came and said, Ya Rasulullah, what is this state that I see you in? What has happened? Is something wrong? And Huzur alayhi salatu was salam read in front of him the verses. And he said, Allah has said to me, مَا كَانَ لِنَبِيٍ أَنْ يَكُونَ لَهُ أَسْرَى حَتَّى يُسْخِنَ فِي الْأَرْضِ It does not befit a Nabi to take them as, or to take ransom from them. What the real... Uh, decision should have been was to execute every single one of them. Hatta yuskhina fil ard. Yuskhina means to to cause blood to spill. To spill a lot of blood. That is the literal translation of yuskhin. Yuskhina fil ard. To spill blood on this earth. Yuskhina fil ard. Turiduna arad dunya Allah is saying to Huzur alayhi salam. Wallahu yuridul akhirah. That you chose ransom, that the companion want this dunya, and when Allah wants akhirat for them. So the decision was with 
Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala's opinion. That because it was the first battle, the right decision was the opinion that came from Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and to execute them. Subhanallah. Why? So that there is fear in the hearts of the kuffar. In Medina you had the Jewish tribes also living there. If they saw this aggression from the Muslims, then this was a permanent seal of fear in their hearts. So this was the right step to follow the opinion of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. Allahu Akbar. My respected brothers, these are the virtues of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. By quoting the virtues, my respected brothers, don't even think for a second in any way that Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq's status was inferior or low, or somehow the judgment of Aliyazu Billah, Huzur alayhi salatu was salam, was not right. Never ever, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is rahmatul alameen. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in order to show the maqam, the status, the greatness of some individuals, some of the decisions that are made, even by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and verses that are revealed, the fact is to show the maqam, and the honor, and the status of some individual companions, such as Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala an, and the other companions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to make amal on what has been said. Wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma salli ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina wa maulana muhammadin nabiyil umi wa ala alihi wa sallim taslima. Allahumma taqabbal minna wa tub alayna inna kanta tawabur raheem. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Sami'na wa atana gufranaka rabbana wa ilayka al-masir. Birahmatika ya arhamar rahimin.